Thanks for checking out the Tennessee Holler Podcast, the flagship podcast of the Tennessee Holler Podcast Network. Subscribe to and support the Holler at www.tnholler.com to help us fearlessly yell the truth about Tennessee. And be sure to subscribe to the growing family of Holler Podcasts while you're there. You can also follow the Holler on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the TN Holler. Tennessee. 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 Tennessee, Tennessee, All right, hello everybody, and welcome to another episode of Holler Hour. Um, I am Cassie. I'm here with Pastor Kevin Riggs, and thank you once again for joining us. Um, once again, you're on the Tennessee Holler, and um, we are all across the state. Thanks to your support, we've grown a lot over these past couple of years, and that's all thanks to you. Um, if you want to help keep us going, go to www.tnholler.com and donate to help keep us going. If you chip in just a few bucks monthly, that really helps. And if you do at least 10 bucks a month, you get one of these awesome hats. And um, yeah, lots of colors to choose from. They're super stylish, as am I, sporting one of them right now. Um, So yeah, (laughs) yeah, please help keep us hollering. And we are here once again with Pastor Kevin Riggs, and he is here to talk to us about the Bible is the State book. So Pastor Kevin, what are your initial thoughts on that? Well, you know, they they tried this. uh, They've tried this before. Um, You know, I was born and raised here in Middle Tennessee in Nashville, actually, and I've been in Franklin since basically since 1989. And I can remember a a couple of times when they've tried this and it's always um, for good reason, I think, been uh, been stopped at the last minute. But uh, for this time, it got through whatever it got through. I don't It's still got to go through some more. Another. Yeah. I got to go to the Senate. Yes, it, it only has passed the House as of now. It has to go through the Senate and then through Governor Bill Lee as well. Yeah, and unfortunately, with with the Republicans running all three of those, uh, there's a really, really good chance that it'll pass. And you know, from a practical level, it, it's really just silly. I mean, I, you know, it's just like, what what is the purpose of this? From a uh, from a theological level, there, there's really some deeper concerns. Um, you know that I have. I, you know, I, I've devoted my life. Uh, to studying God's word and trying to preach God's word and share God's word uh, with others. And I'm coming from a, you know, a very conservative background. I mean, I grew up, um, you know, believing uh, that, you know, the entire Bible is the word of God, including the book of contents, you know, and, and even the covers uh, sometimes. And so I have high respect and I still believe uh, the Bible is, is an errant, infallible, inspired word of God. And I still hold to that. And so it, to me, it, trivial, it trivializes God's word to try to uh, to put and try to say that it's a book, first of all. And so mm. we're going to make a state book. Well, that that Hebrew says the Bible is alive and active and sharper than any two edged sword. And so it it's above the state. Um, and then also, I think it borders it, it, it gets real close to bordering on even, um, you know, biblical idolatry where mm. you're hoping the Bible as as, um, um, you know, the Bible is not God. <laughs> It tells us about God. You know, the, the Bible tells us that Jesus is actually the word of God. Um, and so, you know, we don't worship the Bible. We worship the God of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so trivializing it, you're you're to me, you're making a mockery of it, especially when you're not living uh, up to the principles uh, of God's word. I mean, on the one hand, you're denying Medicaid uh, right. so on health coverage. And Jesus said to take care of the sick. And then on the other hand, you're saying we're going to make the Bible the state book. 
on the one hand, the you know the Bible says, "Thou shalt not kill," and Jesus uh, let a, a person go who was subject to death um, to be you know to, for um, execution. But yet we, <laughs> thankfully, COVID hit, or else we would have uh, this present administration would have um, executed up upwards of fifteen to eighteen people in uh, less than two years. And so yeah. you're going to do that, and then you're going to say. But we won't bite the Bible to be, uh, you know, to be our, our state book. And when you're not taking yeah. care of the poor, uh, you're you're not taking care of the prisoner. I mean, the, you know, we've had horrible um, incidences incidences mainly in private prisons across uh, the state. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, and so you're not taking care of the widow. I mean, there's so much more we could do, and there's just so many more issues that you could be dealing with instead of this. Um, instead of making a mockery of a book that I love, love dearly. And, um, and then to me, one of the biggest um, problems, if not the biggest problem in the church today is, is nationalism, you know, white mm. Christianism. And now you're go now th- that's what this is. This is nationalism that now here is this book um, that we're going to, we're going to hold up. Uh, and so in essence, it's because I have such a high regard for the Bible that I think making an estate book just cheapens it and, uh, mm-hmm. and it's a waste of time. I mean, it's not going to affect necessarily how, how people are going to live their lives, but it's just, it's just a, it's just a waste of time. The Bible is above and beyond uh, the state of Tennessee and the United States and around the world. So there's a number of reasons why this is just, this is just problematic. And then also to mention, what if someone would have said, let's make the Quran or let's make another secretary sure. the state. Everybody would be up, up in arms. And um, if I want to protect my religion, I have to protect everybody else's religion as well. And if I wouldn't want, you know, the Bible, Jesus says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And if I wouldn't want another sacred text being a state book, um, then uh, then I shouldn't want my sacred text to be a state book. Does that, does that make any sense? Oh, of course. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's a, I mean, that's what, you know, equality, equity, you know, has to, has to do with in this, in this instance. And I, I just, you know, I wonder how representative Jerry Sexton would feel if he lived in a majority Muslim country and, you know, and the tables were turned on him. And it's just, I mean, it's, it's just, I mean, it's blatantly, you know, just a racist concept in itself, you know, the fact that he, as you said, just a white Christian nationalism concept in itself, as you, as you mentioned earlier, um, which makes a lot of sense. And I, I just, I wonder what, because obviously this is a violation of separation in church and state of church and state. I mean, that's a very, it couldn't be more clear. And I, you know, I mean, you're obviously the theological expert. I agree with all of the things that you're saying about it kind of, you know, cheapening the Bible. It's just, you know, making a mockery of it. All of that makes perfect sense. Um, But I'll leave that, you know, to you and the other theological experts. But can you expand upon um, what, I guess, you know, because it's very clear that this is a violation of the separation in church and state, but why do you think that these very religious, um, you know, representatives of ours and legislators of ours are so gung-ho about this, as you said, more like superficial almost, um, uh, you know, upholding of, you know, the Christian religion as opposed to doing the tangible things that would help affect people's material conditions like criminal justice reform, um, you know, expanding Medicaid, those sorts of things, um, and instead going the Christian nationalist route. Why do you think that they're, that's such a focus for them and that's the route that they've chosen? 
Yeah, you know, I mean, that's, that's a good question, and it gets it gets to motives, which are hard to um, you know, sure to speculate. Yeah, it's hard to speculate on that. And I, and please hear me, I'm not questioning anybody's um, religion or anybody's faith in in God or faith in Christ. You know, sure. But they may or may not have been coming from a uh, from a good place, and so I don't want to. Uh, you know, I don't want to say that, well, they, you know, they're not really Christians because they did this. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to say that, but I think that there's problems in, you know, Jesus's word is clear about what we are to be doing, um, you know, in his, uh, in his, when he went to his hometown synagogue in Luke chapter four, he's, and he quoted from Isaiah. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointing me to preach good news to the poor. And my understanding is the Greek word that's translated poor there doesn't mean somebody who's poor because they made some bad investments or because the stock market tanked um, and they lost a lot of money. The word poor there means that they are kept poor by the systems that are in place. Mm. In other words, they're the oppressed. And so the spirit of the Lord has come upon me to preach good news to the oppressed, uh, to the poor. Uh, but yet everything it seemed like our state legislature does um, is, you know, you got to pull yourself up by, by your own bootstraps, you know, when you, you may not have boots and, and, you know, we've stockpiled, I don't know how many millions of dollars is, is stockpiled that's supposed to be given out to the poor and food mm -hmm. and food and stuff that, that the governor has just stockpiled and doesn't want to use it. Billions and, of dollars in reserve. It's over a billion dollars. Holding on to a rainy day. And I don't know how much rain oh, right. than, than COVID, you know, and, and everything of that's, course. uh, that's happened. And so you have that, you have, you know the, the Bible is clear on taking care of the of the immigrant, um, and, and and yet over and over again, evangelicals are the most intolerant uh, toward any type of immigration, uh, you know, reform. Um, you know, polls have shown that over and over and over and over again. Um, and so there's the principles of God's word that you can live out, and you don't have to you don't have to uh, make make a state. You know. It, Basically, what you do, if you made you made the book, the, the Bible, the state book now, which in reality, I got a book. I, I should show it to you. I got a book on, over here that is the Tennessee State Blue Book. That's the state book. You know, <laughs> not, not the book. Right. The, the, are you familiar with the Blue Book? They redo it every year. Yes, yes, yes. So the Blue Book is the state book, not, you know, not, not the Bible. And so, uh, and again, especially if you're not even going to try to live by it now. There, there's a hunch because I don't want to judge people's motives, but there's a hunch that all this has to do um, with, you know, the dominant group, which I'm a part of. Uh, I mean, I, I am my family originally uh, comes from England. And so, you know, if you want to know what a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant is, I mean, that's you know, <laughs> a charge. And so I, but that dominant group knows that they are losing them, um, losing control, losing power. It won't be long before. You know, we'll have a majority minority, you know, kind of thing. And and mm -hmm. if you take all the minorities and add them up, that's more the that's more the population uh, than uh, the people who look like me. And so there and so there's cultural change going on. And instead of trying to adapt to the cultural change and instead of trying to uh, to, to see how God's word addresses living in those cultural change, we, we've called it a cultural war. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so we got to fight to preserve what is what is ours and in, and in the context i'm talking about what is ours is the privilege that we have of being in the in the dominant group and i think as they see more and more of their quote rights and freedoms being taken away when you ask but when you ask them what freedoms are being taken away they have no idea right it's just this sense that things are i'm losing control i'm not i'm losing part of my um 
privilege in society. And so now this is just, okay, let's, let's get back to the word of God is what they'll say. Let's, let's uphold the Bible and, and let's make it a state book. And in essence, it, in essence, what it's saying is if you're in Tennessee, it's best if you go along with what, uh, with what we have quote, always believed. And if you're going to challenge what we've always believed, uh, then you're going to be on the outside looking in. When again, God's word is clear uh, that God is for the oppressed. He's for the poor. Um, and we should be outside on the margins with people, not inside trying to get more and more power. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was all really well said. And I, it reminds me of um, a quote, I can't remember who it's by, but it's something like, you know, if you're in that privileged group, then as equality and equity advances, it starts to look like oppression to a lot of people in that group, unless you have some self-reflection. And um, there was this great conversation that Rupa Blackwell, who's an alderman in Tullahoma, Tennessee, I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she was on the, our, one of the podcasts on our network, um, What About Us? And she just had a conversation with the host, Sandy Rice. And Rupa herself is of, I believe it's Indian background um, from the country of India, but she was born here, I believe. And um, but her parents, you know, immigrated. And she was talking about how, you know, one of the most important aspects of, you know, it's one thing to be diverse. It's one thing to be a diverse place and have all of these different types of people, different beliefs, different ideologies. Um and for them to exist sort of alongside each other without actually getting to know one another, like that the educational aspect to diversity is so critical because if, if we don't have that educational aspect, if we don't have those conversations and actually realize that there's a lot of things that we can learn from one another, people from all of these varied, colorful, wonderful, you know, different human backgrounds, um, then we'll start to see more and more things like this where it's sort of like, you know, just the calcification or the, you know, sort of death throes almost of the the status quo group um, wanting to cling to, um, you know, their power, as you say, you know, as you say, one one day soon, uh, white people in this country will be, I, be, I believe, a plurality because, <laughs> you know, there are lots of other different groups there, but we won't be an outright majority compared to every other every other group. So, um, yeah, right. you, yeah, yeah. Be the majority. I mean, I, unfortunately, I think uh, the power structure will, will remain in place for right. maybe longer than that. It'll be kind of like, you know, in, in South Africa, I don't want to say necessarily apartheid, but in South Africa, you have obviously a whole lot more um, blacks than whites, but for the most part, the power structure is still in the hands of the white. And, right. um, and, and really, I think as from my perspective, as followers of Jesus, we should be involved in, poli involved in politics. But if we don't see that, if we don't see that we have to be on the side of the oppressed, then as, as um, the dominant group loses more and more of its um, uh, controls, I don't even know what the right word is, but if it, as it's losing more and more of its norms, um, mm -hmm. then they're, they're going to become more and more they want to, they're going to want to hold on to them tighter. And then you could end up with a situation like apartheid uh, where, where there is real, actual, hard, dangerous type of oppression. And, and I use those words because mm -hmm. I know that there's oppression today uh, in the United States. But I'm, I, but I'm talking about an even more, you know, I mean, conservatives yeah. are crying persecution, religious persecution. <laughs> um, Grievance politics. <laughs> yeah. When, when it's going to, you know, it. If we're not careful, the the dominant group will start oppressing on a real, on a real, For sure. a real way because of um, you know, again, they feel like they're losing, uh, you know, they're losing control. I can remember not to bring up past politics, but you know, um, and and we all know that the former president talked off the cuff a lot of times, and he threw stuff out there just to see how people would respond. He may or may <laughs> he may or may not meant it himself, 
but you know, he was floating around the idea that the death penalty should be extended mm -hmm. uh, to drug dealers. And and, yeah. and and no evangelical spoke out against that. Saying, yeah, you may be kidding, but that's a bad joke. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, it's a terrible joke. That's a consequential joke. Yeah, and so and so it's it's that type of oppression. I think when um uh, when the group that's in control starts to lose some of its um ability to influence, you know yeah. what's going. On. I mean, there's no doubt norms are changing all around us. You know, and the norms that we've been living under for you know, a few hundred years has really been based on white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Um, mm -hmm. And those, um, and the, anything that butts up against that is, uh, you know, is, is going to get, there's repercussions for that. And now we're trying to establish, you know, let, let's get back uh, to God's word. And I'm not sure we've ever really been in God's word. <laughs> I do not believe we're, we are a Christian nation or ever been a Christian nation. We were founded on secular principles, sec highly secular secularism was at its was was at the root of our founding but now there were fathers church fathers who were christians but i don't even know i, I doubt any of them would be considered evangelical christians right right they were deist and congregationalist and more mainline high church um people not not the present day you know i think some people get the idea that our founding <laughs> fathers were all billy graham it's like no no <laughs> No, that was not the case. Maybe some of the population, but not the not the people that founded not the, the not the, the people that wrote the Declaration of, the, of Independence. Yeah, you know, our Declaration of Independence. You know, well, two or of the, the Constitution. Big, well, two of the biggest secularists in our country's history would have been Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin. Right. Franklin, you know, and, and so um, we're founded more on secularism, and and we were, and at the same time, they were smart enough to say that we need religious freedom because there wasn't that at the time in England. You know, when the Pilgrims came and all of that, and and so it's hard for people to put their head around. But from my perspective, if I won't, in order to protect my own freedom of religion, I have to protect yeah. everybody else's religion and say they have a right um, to, uh, they have as much right to build a building. <laughs> you know, remember when the, the mosque had such a hard time getting yes. built in the world, yes. um, you know, but they, and it doesn't really matter what, if it's, if it's a religion and, or they have a right not to have any religion. Yeah. And then I have a right to um, to try to push my religion on others through um, you know, making my sacred text, the sacred text of um, through the of state, a, you know, to use the yeah, state just, as a vehicle for that. Yeah. And I, that goes I think that goes against everything that, um, you know, our our early fathers really tried to do in setting up our country. Mm -hmm. Although I know it was different. People might, might would comment that back then different states had different state religions. Sure. And so the freedom of religion was the federal government couldn't tell you which state religion you want. You wanted. <laughs> right. Now, that's a good point. I, I mean, a lot of the people that, you know, came to this country were escaping religious persecution. And I think that what you said about, you know, if if there is one religion that's elevated above another, then it puts all of them in in jeopardy at one point or another, um, unless you maintain yeah, that exactly. sort of remember, equality. They were, they were escaping religious persecution. Yeah. But they were that, but they would have all been Christian religions. It mm -hmm. wasn't that's like true. We're in a, a Buddhist country, and they were escaping religious persecution toward Christians. It was, it was a matter of are you a Protestant or a Catholic or a Quaker, right. or, you you know. But they would all been under the umbrella of Christianity. So it was Christians really shooting their own. Um, yeah. And, 
we're still we're still pretty good at doing that every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, no, that's also that's a good point. And what you said, I just want to echo what you said earlier, also just about how I think that this really speaks to those who are, you know, I'll say, you know, just from my perspective, you know, speaking for myself, just kind of on the progressive left, um, you know, just to, and then for those also that are just kind of more ideo- ideologically on the same page, just to stand with the downtrodden, to stand with those that are, you know, that have um, just people that are just are oppressed groups everywhere. I mean, you could, you could go on and on with how many people, um, how many groups in this country, you know, um, the status quo oppresses every day. And I think that this, we're just seeing more and more that with this sort of calcification of the, of the far right, trying to cling to this sort of, um, to cling to this sort of status quo, that that means that the rest of us really need to double down, like just the, the regular folks need to double down in solidarity and stand with one another through all of this. Um, and it's yeah, I mean, because I mean, this may be sort of a symbolic resolution, but it, it I think it speaks to some deeper, some deeper issues that we're grappling with as a nation. Um, well, I don't think yeah. it's any surprise that it passes now. I mean, our state legislation have taken a hard turn to the right on most every policy they've passed, you know, recently. Yeah. And so um, and, and they would all claim that they're doing this in the, you know, because of their of their Christian faith. Uh, so I don't have any. You know, it's not surprising that it happened now. It's just it's just another one of those things that have happened in the last year or so um, that I'm I'm like scratching my head, going. <laughs> uh, I, I really really miss Governor Haslam. I've said that. Well, that was that was something I wanted. Yeah, I mean that was something I wanted to ask you. I mean he actually vetoed this a very similar resolution. I know that Sexton is kind of um you know he's kind of honed it down. So I don't know if the how different the wording is, but in 2015, as it says here. Um, Haslam, a Republican and a Christian, vetoed the bill and argued that it, as you said, very similar to what you said, trivializes the Bible as a book of historical and economic significance. Um, And that was in 2015. That wasn't that long ago. This is one of the other attempts by Representative Sexton. And so I guess, could could you elaborate a little bit more on your perception of how the Republican Party has taken that turn um, in the years since then to kind of arrive to where they are now um, and just kind of like I guess you, just your impressions yeah, of that. I mean, obviously, you know, the Republican Party is a, is a secular, I mean, is a conservative party. Uh, but but what nationalism, what Christian nationalism does is it, wrap, it wraps that conservatism um, and the American flag and wraps the Bible around it. And so the only way you can be a Christian is if you have conservative, uh, Repub- conservative political uh, standings. And so, you know, with this hard right, I mean, there, there, there's been so many, it may have been Justin who kind of coined a term that in Tennessee, we don't pass laws, we pass lawsuits. <laughs> I think it was him. He says it all the time. So <laughs> it's like every time there's another law passed, it's going to immediately be sued. For example, yeah. the permanent carry bill. I mean, there's going to, there's going to be, uh, you know, there, there's going to be um, a lawsuit brought about that. The, the really, really strict, um, but this one, at least I understand like the really, really strict um, laws that are being passed across the country on abortion. I get what's behind that. They're trying. They know that they're not constitutional, and they know that they're going to be a lawsuit brought against it. But they're trying to get something to the Supreme Court. That's what they're mm-hmm. trying to do. So let, mm-hmm. Let's change precedent. Yeah, let's pass this law, and then it'll get it will get a lawsuit, and we can push it up to the Supreme Court with the hopes uh, that Roe v. Wade um, make it. You know, is reversed. I mean that that right. that's the plan. That's the long range. Plan. The plan is not really these really, really strict abortion laws. It's to get it up to Washington 
for the Supreme Court. But when it comes to the transgender athlete bills and all those, I, I don't know what the end game there. What are you trying to, you know, the, I know. What, what, at least, at least on this one, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to get to the Supreme Court, but these other ones is like you're you're just really trying to to discriminate. Um, yeah. And, and so you've taken that hard right. We we still haven't expanded uh, Medicaid and Medicare. We you know we never had a mask mandate, and and part of that again I kind of understand, but yet part of me doesn't understand. Um, and so it's all been right. And our present governor, and I believe in my heart of hearts that Governor Lee. Uh, is a Christian. I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not doubting. He loves Jesus as much, uh, as much as I do, but he ran um, on his strong faith. I mean, I've never seen a campaign that was that, you know, a person's faith was that much out in front of public. Um, right. But, th but then he does things that seem to be counter <laughs> to at least my interpretation of Christ um, and what the Bible teaches and then, you know, OK, now let's just get a stamp of approval and say the Bible is our state book. So now all of our laws and everything are coming out of the Bible, when in reality, they're coming out of a very narrow, conservative interpretation um, uh, of the Bible. And, a, and mm -hmm. a narrow, conservative interpretation of the Bible that was not the interpretation of the Bible. Just, you know, well, even the 1970s, the Evangelical Association um, passed uh, resolutions that um made room for a woman's right to choose. You know? Yeah. So you go back to the sixties and seventies and see how evangelicals viewed abortion and compared. It was a Catholic issue for a long time. It, it was, was considered right. to be a Catholic, kind of a fringe right. Catholic issue. Yeah. And, and, but now we've changed and, and have gone to an extreme. And so the, and so the state has gone to these extremes um, without regard to how does this hurt the least of these? How does this hurt the people who are, who are struggling. And the issue really is, um, you know, a lot of evangelicals don't understand this, that the Bible was written by oppressed people right. through oppressed people. And so the Bible needs to be written from the, needs to be read from the bottom up, not the top down. And mm -hmm. when, you, when you try to make the Bible the state book, what you're saying is you're reading the Bible from the top people in power on down when it should be read, um, from the from the bottom up it would be it would be more biblical for a tent city in nashville to make the bible their book than it would be for the state government to make their bible their book because it was written by oppressed people to oppressed people and god makes it clear he's always on the side of the oppressed always mm -hmm. you know mother Teresa was asked why she dealt with the poor and um she says because that that's where jesus is you know, if you want to see Jesus, you go to the poor. If you want to see Jesus, you go to the incarcerated. You know, go go to death row, and you will see Jesus in the eyes of the uh, of the condemned uh, that are there. You're not going to you're not going to see Jesus in the halls of power. You're going to yeah. see him um, in the slums, in the back alleys, um, and with people that you may or may not want to associate with. And some Republicans, I mean, uh, uh, you know, this is a controversial issue among Republicans as well. I mean, I listened, I haven't had a chance to listen to the um, floor session where this came up, um, but I, I listened to some of the committee hearings, you know, before it reached the, the House floor. And there were Republicans that, you know, of course, some of them agreed um, with what Representative Sexton is doing. But there were others, I can't remember the them off the top of my head, but that essentially agree with what you're saying that it um, and what you said earlier about it trivializing the Bible um, and that there that there is, you know, 
Um, I think that the the word used was wickedness or something like that, you know, within the halls of power, within government, and that it and that it um you know it it taints the Bible to an ex- to an extent. Um, you know, again, that's not me speaking. Yeah. It's what 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 they said. Um, but it just kind of rings with what you're saying as well about how the two just shouldn't mix in that way. It shouldn't mix. The Bible, the Bible is, again, as I said earlier, the Bible is much, much bigger and larger and more important than any type of, uh, of legislation. And so really it's my deep respect for the Bible right. that says you have, you have trivialized it and cheapened it by making it just a, it's a rabbit's foot, <laughs> you know, let's do this and maybe it'll bring us some good luck. Um, and, uh, and you have, can, can I read something? Cause I, I, I got a couple oh, of course. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, <clears throat> I'm going to try to tie these two passages together, but the first one is from Malachi, the prophet Malachi. And in Malachi chapter two, he's talking to the leaders, both the religious and the political leaders of the day. Um, and so, you know, so he's talking to us, but he's talking to the political and religious leaders of the day. And Malachi, and God says through Malachi or Malachi says that this is what God has said to you. Uh, but anyway, in Malachi chapter two, verse 17, it says, you have wearied the Lord with your words. You have, in other words, God is getting sick and tired of your words. <laughs> wonder, you know, as a pastor, something I think, man, I, I know I've wearied people with my words. And they, <laughs> you know, preaching, <clears throat> preaching is the art of talking in someone else's sleep. Um, but, you know, but here is God saying to the political and the religious leaders of the day, I'm tired of all your words. I'm tired of that. And I wonder. If the same thing couldn't be said about our legislature, that they're, you know, oh, they're, yeah. they're doing these things because they think maybe this is the right. And, and God is saying, OK, you're making the book, the state book, but I'm really just tired of your words because you're not you're not really living it. And mm-hmm. then in James, the New Testament in James, <clears throat> I thought this was really, really relevant to this. Uh, but in James uh, and James is the brother of Jesus. And, and James said in James chapter one, verse 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says, you know, so don't mm. just do what it says. Anyone who right. listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away immediately, you know, forgetting what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it. He will be blessed in what he does. If anyone considers himself religious and does not keep a tight word on his tongue, you know, God's tired of our speech, doesn't keep a tight word on his tongue. He deceives himself and his religion is worthless. And then he's and then James says this. This is chapter one, verse 27. Religion that God our father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows. And so he mentions two of the four things the Old Testament mentions. Mm-hmm. The, Old Testament, the marginalized being the poor, the widow, the immigrant, and the um, <clears throat> and the orphan. So he says, true religion is looking after orphans and widows in their distress. And in the Old Testament anyway, widows simply included single moms. It wasn't that a husband had died, but that a husband had abandoned them. And so mm-hmm. here God is telling us, I'm tired of your words. Don't just read the Bible. Do what it says. True religion is taking care of the widows and all the single moms out there who have kids. That's an orphan. An orphan was a fatherless child, not a parentless child. But if the father was not in the picture in the Bible, they were considered an orphan. And so so here here is God saying, 
<clears throat> this is what real religion, real religion is not passing legislation that makes the Bible the book state book, but it's taking care of the widow and the orphan and the single mom and the immigrant and the, and the homeless and the prisoner and the sick. That's what real religion is. And so you can pass a legislation that makes the Bible the state book, but if you're not passing policies that help the people who are hurting the most in your society, you're not doing what the Bible says. And it's, it's all a joke at that point. Yeah. I, I think that sums it up better than, better than anything. I mean, it's this, you know, one superficial thing. This just embodies the most superficial, you know, setting aside, you know, um, the opinions about it, trivializing the Bible of, you know, which of course I agree with, um, setting that aside, it, it is just the most superficial act that I think could possibly be done as opposed to, you know, changing people's material conditions of which you just listed, you know, many different ways that we could and should be doing here in the state. And before we, before we wrap up, I also wanted to just get your comment on, this is just the first half of it, but the Southern Christian Coalition, here, let me get this out of the way here, um, released a statement. Again, this is a, a group of, um, pastors across the state. And if you want to say a little bit about them, um, please feel free. Um, but they have also, you know, they agree with basically what you've been saying and they call to um, call the move to make the Bible, the state book, both heretical and hypocritical. Um, so I was just wondering if, if you had had a chance to see this statement or if I think it, re a lot of, a lot of it is what you've already been saying, but the, if you had any comments. Go down to the bottom of the statement. I'm mentioning the statement. So yeah. I've, oh, I've, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't get the second half. <laughs> Yeah, the second half of that. So, no, I, I'm in favor of that statement. Um, yeah. You know, if anything, it, it could have been stronger, but or you could have said more, but you've only got a few moments to try to capture somebody's attention sure. uh, in that. And and my colleagues who, who were included in that statement, I would agree uh, with all of them and with the reasons why they each why they each expressed themselves, um, you know, this way. I, you know, I, I kind of wonder what would happen if if. Um, uh, in Jesus day, if someone would have suggested that the, the Torah be the official Roman book of the day of the, you know, right. the Rome, <laughs> what would Jesus do? Right. That's the question. <laughs> uh, and he had a price said something along the lines, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. You know, keep those two things, um, you, you know, separated. And again, just so nobody misunderstands, it's my love of the Bible that makes me, um, opposed to uh making it the state book it just cheapens it and trivializes it and it's and it's uh and it's another example of christian nationalism mm -hmm. yeah well thank you so much and thank you so much for joining us today really appreciate it and um yeah i mean just uh if if you're out there then you know keep keep watching as it advances through the Senate. We'll, we'll keep you all updated on the tennessee holler and hopefully hopefully it doesn't make it through the senate um, but if it does, I'm I'm really hoping that Governor Bill Lee follows in Haslam's footsteps on this and vetoes the bill. So thank you so much. And uh, we will see you all on Thursday for the next Holler Hour. And I believe that Justin will be with us then. And yeah, we'll see you then. Tennessee. Woo! Yeah. Tennessee. To Tennessee.